It's another episode of the First and Gold Podcast. I'm your host, Nick Nana, and with my co-host, JJ Host, or JJ Post, like usual. Uh, it's been a while, and I'm a little rusty, to, to tell you the truth, but the last time you, you heard us, we were, uh, we were, we were wrong. We were talking about the Super Bowl, and we gave Tom Brady a little too much credit, and he lost to Nick Foles. So, uh... Maybe he's not the greatest of all time, maybe. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, he is. But a lot, of, a lot of stuff has happened since then. We we have the the NFL Combine, which does not matter. We have uh, really the NFL Combine, and we didn't have an episode recapping the Super Bowl, but we're not going to talk about that now because it's the end of March and nobody wants to listen to that. So free agency happened. That's that's really what we're like the gist of what we're going to get into today. Uh, winners and losers. So, you got? I don't know. Winners, I guess you could say the Browns. I mean, we kind of tend to say this every year. I mean, like, maybe. We all know how the Browns this is a different team, goes. Though. We say that every year, though. Like, yeah. it's always been a bold prediction to say the Browns are going to be good. And then, you know. I'm not but, you know, Jarvis Landry is a quality player. Tyrod Taylor is an improvement. Uh, Demarius Randall, I believe they. Uh, Denarius Randall, I'm sorry. They also got in. He's solid. They they made some improvements, but they still have Hugh Jackson at coach. That's an improvement I think they need to make. But what are your thoughts, Nick? Yeah, no one's saying the Browns are gonna come out here and be a playoff team, but anything's better than what they had last year. They have one win in the Hugh Jackson era that's lasted all thirty-two months. And but Tyron Taylor's a good quarterback, I think, and that doesn't rule out them taking Sam Darnold, which is probably all all but certain now. When we thought that it was gonna be Saquon Barkley before, but we'll get into that later when we get into the Jets trade up to number three, but yeah, Tyrod Taylor he bring he can bring some stability to the quarterback position. They Denar- Denarius Randall was really good when he was with Green Bay, and he also shipped Deshaun Kaiser out of there with that trade, so <laughs> that's a win-win. And Jarvis Landry has been an elite slot receiver, so to say the Browns have nothing going for them, that's 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 not really that's not really like a a, a wise thing to say. I, I would put that out there. Uh, the Forty ers just and these two kind of go hand in hand with one winner and one loser. Just Richard Sherman going from Seattle to San Francisco, <sighs> what he's meant to that rivalry for seven years. Because of course he did. Yeah, the Crabtree. So quintessentially Sherman. Yeah, Sherman just changes the outlook for both of these teams because now Seattle is probably going into. I don't want to say you don't want to bring up the R word, the rebuilding word. But they they are they they have to rebuild the the Legion of Boom if you will because in all likelihood you're probably gonna lose Earl Thomas because he, either he's not gonna play or he's not gonna be as effective as he was and Cam Chancellor who knows if he's gonna be able to come back and you already lost Richard Sherman so that defense is gonna have to be rebuilt from the bottom up and you have your quarterback so it's easy for you because Russell Wilson is gonna be there for a long time. And you you don't have to go looking for that, but pieces on the offense have to be found out, and your defense has to be completely redone again. What what do you think of this? Oh, I agree, but when you really look at it, it's hard to tell the winners and losers before the season actually starts, because every year you say winners and losers, and then every year like at least one of them turns out to be lost, or at least one of them turns out to be a great signing. 
So you really can't make too many. Oh yeah, as you'll see, this isn't going to be like the winners are going to win 10, yeah. 12 games and the losers are I mean, gonna... we saw it on the Giants. Everyone was heralding them a couple years ago, and then the wheels came off this year. But, like, when you really look at it, I think the Richard Sherman is going to be a quality player for the 49ers. I don't think, I think the rivalry is not going to, uh, it's going to perhaps fuel it a little bit, but I don't think that it's going to be like, I think that rivalry is coming back. A divider. With, with Garoppolo and and the Sherman thing. Definitely. And, and don't don't sleep on Jarek McKinnon, who the 49ers just signed. He's, he was a good running back with Minnesota, who ran out of room because they have Dalvin Cook and Latavius Murray. You really don't need to pay a guy who apparently is now getting like the fourth most out of any running back in the league, which absurd to be paying a third running back if you're the Vikings. So. Uh, one guy for the Bears, but really the only guy who... The real, the only guy who's of note, but the only guy who you really need to know, it's Allen Robinson, and he's probably he can transform that offense because that a, a big target like him is what Mitchell Trubisky is missing this year. Uh, he he didn't really have it with Kevin White was not on the field a whole lot. Uh, they had another good receiver. I forgot his name. It was uh. I don't remember. He, he, was, he was really good, but Allen Robinson is that real, like, number one threat. Like, I, I think pro comparison would probably be, to to this point, would probably be Brandon Marshall of, like, the old days, like, with the Broncos and the Dolphins, not, like, the, the Giants one. But he's, he, he, he has potential to be really good and make Mitchell Trubisky the, that much of a better quarterback. Yeah, I think. Uh, I, I mainly agree with you there. I, like I said, I don't like making too many predictions early in the year, but, like, I don't see anything wrong with what you're saying. I think it's pretty logical. I think what you're saying is based in reality. So, uh, no, I don't really have anything else to say. <laughs> yeah, you don't. Uh, and this is probably what, this is what I, uh, what I know the best, because, and I, you can probably tell that I don't know much about the Browns, 49ers, and Bears, but... What I do know is I know the Jets, and they were winners, winners, chicken dinners of free agency, I would say. Of course you would say that. Yeah, yeah, I would say. Look at the guys they got. They got Isaiah Crowell. I think he's comparable to – I think he could be what Chris Ivory was in 2015. You remember that year? I remember that year. He was a 1,000-yard runner that year. People forget that, by the way. A thousand yard runner Chris Ivory in a year where they almost went to the playoffs with Ryan Fitzpatrick at quarterback and Todd Bowles as their head coach. Notice I say almost, but yeah, Isaiah Crowell is he's a hard hard nosed down uh I don't remember I don't know the words I'm looking for, but he he puts his head down and he he's a great uh, power back and he I think will go well with uh with Bilal Powell in there and for, for all we know, they can probably draft another running back, too, in the third round, fourth round, which I, I think they did last year, too, with Elijah McGuire. But, yeah, Avery Williamson, I hear he's a, he's a, he was a tackle machine with Tennessee, and he, and he struggled with uh, with tight ends. But you you have, a, you have some really good safeties, so you could, you could cover those tight ends if you don't want to run, like, his own coverage scheme with, if you're the Jets, which I think they're going to do anyway. Yeah, Avery Williamson's a tackle machine, and he's going to be replacing Mario Davis, who apparently they didn't make him an offer. I probably would have because they just have money to burn right now, and he was a really good player for them. 
But I, I think Avery Williamson will be a fine replacement. They got Terrell Pryor, which I uh, he I think he was hurt for most of last year, but he when he was with Cleveland in 2016, he was really good, and he just he put up a lot a lot of touchdowns. I know he was a red zone threat, and he I think he had a thousand yard season too, and he could be a really good two or three behind Robbie Anderson and Jermaine Curse. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater, if he's not running on one leg. He, he could actually be really good. And for the amount of risk that you put into that, it's a one-year deal with like $6 million, 500000 guaranteed. Like, why not? Like, if your other two guys are going to be Josh McCown, you're probably cutting Teddy and Hackenberg, and a rookie that, uh, and a rookie that you're, you're probably going to take with the third pick. But again, we'll get into that later when we talk about the trade. It, just why not have Teddy Bridgewater as he, – he's just insurance because you don't want to go in with Josh McCown as your only bridge quarterback because you want to have you want to have options. Like, yeah. And people are saying, like, this is, this is crazy. They've never seen something like it. Well, this is how you build a Super Bowl contending team. you got to have two guys mentoring the young man. And Tremaine Johnson, he, he got a big contract, but all, all well-deserved at a position that they needed, I think. The shutdown corner when Buster Screen is your number one cornerback, you you need one. And Tremaine Johnson was probably the best on the market if you didn't count Malcolm Butler. And he's some put over Malcolm Butler, I think, because n- nobody knows what happened with Bill Belichick in that Super Bowl. Like, why did Malcolm Butler get benched? Although I've, we all hear things, but but nobody really knows. So, but but yeah yeah you don't you, you don't know and. Uh, a team that we didn't put on this, this list, either one, who really probably could have been that, I, I forgot, was the Tennessee Titans, and they got Malcolm Butler and Deion Lewis from the Patriots, who are one of the the losers of this one, because they, they lost... The Patriots are never the loser or anything, Nick. Well, we, no. we, we just spent an hour on the last episode counting them up about a couple months ago, and they lost to Nick Foles. Yeah, but which which I'm never gonna let go because I'm a bitter Jets fan. No one will let go. But I mean, you you have nothing to be mad at the Patriots for. The the Giants beat them twice. The, 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 see, I, I I don't know if I said it last episode, but I don't get why Giants fans were so conflicted about that Super Bowl. Like they they have they should have no ill will against the Patriots other than New York Boston, but that that goes with the Jets in Boston. Like that doesn't. Go, like you don't talk about the Mets and the Red Sox. You talk about the Yankees and the Red Sox. You don't talk about the, you don't talk about the Islanders and the and the Bruins. You talk about the Rangers and the Bruins if you talk about hockey at all. And and you you don't talk about the the Nets and the Celtics. You talk about the Knicks and the Celtics. It, it's really only one because New York usually has two teams and one goes one goes against the Boston team. One goes north or goes south. One goes against Philadelphia. That's true. That's very true. One, one gets pitted against Philadelphia. The other one gets pitted against uh, Boston. Yeah. And it's... Yeah, just Giants fans were, were a little bit spoiled with that Super Bowl because they have two. And I, I, I went on a tangent after the Super Bowl. Where Where's my ring? The, everybody in this area has at least one. Philly, Philly finally has one. Giants have two. Pittsburgh has two, and and, and this is everybody they, around. They got seven well, th- this is everybody around my age. Pittsburgh has two. New England has more than they can count. Like they're good for a lifetime. And wh- where's my ring? Their time will come. It, it better. It, it really better. Uh, losers. 
losers, and there were there were there were a couple. There were there were a couple. The Bills, AJ McCarron. Well, we the Bills Mafia is always fun to talk about, and I like rooting for their success. But I mean, yeah, it's hard to put them as really anything but the losers of this agency. I think not the strongest of moves made by them. We haven't seen anything from AJ McCarron, and you lost Tyron Taylor, who was a good quarterback. Well, yeah, but maybe maybe the Bills know something we don't. That's, yeah, my, that's not that's a good assumption hope. to make that the Buffalo Bills know something that we don't. That's my hope. I, see, that, that reminds me of – it was uh, – I, I remember seeing this clip on YouTube. It was like 1983 draft. It was, uh, it was Dan Marino, and he got – and the Jets had just taken Ken O'Brien, and who by all means was a good quarterback, but he was no Dan Marino, and – with Dan Marino, they probably could have won a championship in there. But – and this guy, it, it was in New York. If, if you can't tell, I'm, I'm operating on a little bit of a flu game right here. <laughs> a little bit sick, but nothing too bad. But uh, this guy, he, he says, maybe the Jets know something that we don't. That's not a good assumption to make that the New York Jets know something that you don't because this – this is really one of the first things, besides Richard Todd, I'd say, because Richard Todd was really the first same old Jets move after the whole Joe Namath thing. Because after Joe Namath, like, they they have just been terrible. And they, other than Richard Todd, Ken O'Brien might be the first time that people say, same old Jets. And this guy is like, we, we, we gotta trust the team. It's the lads at Tottenham of... It's the lads at Tottenham of football. The same old Jets is just the, the same old Jet. Like, every time something seems to be going in their favor, every time they win the most intimate... Uh, I, I don't even know the word. Infamous. Inf- I'm not even trying. We'll just end for that. You know, every time they get the smallest little advantage, so something goes wrong, that it's the same old Jets. And I, I love how everything comes back to the Jets. On this, I don't, it, it, I don't know. It's just, it's what I know. I'm sorry, but yeah, AJ McCarron. He's. Have we seen any of him at all in the NFL yet? Uh, I think we saw a little bit of him in like 2015. Not in a while. Yeah, not not in a while. But <laughs> it's actually kind of funny how we got here because the Browns apparently traded for AJ McCarron at the trade deadline, and they were celebrating, but and they didn't get the. Like the 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 finalization of the trade in, which this actually kind of worked out for Cleveland, because the first time that's been said in a while. Yeah, because now they have Tyrod Taylor, and they're probably about to get Sam Darnold. But and, and they also lost the, the Bills. Also lost uh, EJ Gaines, who was a good cornerback, to guess again the Browns today. Um, uh, and God, I just can't believe the Browns are actually like doing something productive. I think they have a new GM or or a new head coach, and and, and they have Todd Haley coming in to run the office. Watch out for the Browns. That's that's all gonna right, be all right. Settle down. I've said that last year, and so now. Well, I didn't say that last year. I said I'm saying I did. You, you know how that turned out. You don't out. go into the year with Deshaun Kaiser and expect to to win a lot of games. Every but, year the Browns are my sleeper pick, and every year they disappoint me. So I'll take them this year and hope they. Maybe this is the. It's year. more than sleeper. It's. Coma. You you have to be in a coma to pick the Browns. The Browns are once again my coma pick. Put it on record. Book it. If the Browns have a good year, 
in March, I said the Browns are due for one. Yeah. They've been through so much shit as a fan base. If there if there's a fan base that deserves it, it's Cleveland. <laughs> like, look at all the success that surrounded them. Like, Ravens have a Super Bowl in the I series. would hate. The Steelers have two in recent years and seven in total. The Bengals, they don't have a Super Bowl ring, but they do have, like, a playoff history, a playoff mentality. And the Browns are just... Yeah, mediocrity is, like, the best they can get. The so, you know, book it, book it. I'll, I'll, I'll give the Browns some credit, and I'll, I'll give them. The, the benefit of that would say they can have a good season. They might be one of the proudest divisions in all of football, I would say. Yeah, I'd see them in the NFC other, East. Other than Cleveland. See the yeah, NFC East. I think the NFC East is the first team who, with everybody to have a Super Bowl. Right? We are Brady's kryptonite, and there is nothing anyone can do about it. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, moving on from that, the Colts, nobody. Nobody. And this coming after Nothing the whole... Nothing happened. <coughs> yeah. This coming after the whole Jack McDaniels thing, which... I don't know if that, I don't know if that like, turned people away from Indianapolis, where Josh McDaniels said he was going there and completely changed his mind. But now they have Frank Wright, and I think he's... How do you say his name? I don't know. But the whole thing about this is they have... It's similar to Seattle. They, they have their quarterback. It's about filling the pieces around him with... It, 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 you got to fill the pieces around him. Uh, we went over, we went over Seattle, and really we went over the Patriots too. Yeah, I think so. that's about it. And now what we alluded to before, the Jets traded up to number three with Indianapolis. Same old Jets. Same. No, this is not same old Jets. Are you? It's gonna wind up being same old Jets. But this is a move they had to make, even if you give up three second round. I was surprised they were able to hold on to the first. Well, yeah, but. I mean, and second round picks don't turn into anything for the Jets anyway, except last year was May. But Devin Smith, Christian Hackenberg, Jay Samaro, Geno Smith, Stephen Hill. I remember hopping on the Jay Samaro thing when I did. I did too, and I I, I got burned. <laughs> as Same. The, as oh, Jets. As I did with the Geno Smith bandwagon, as I did with the. I, mean, I, I, I was really big on Stephen Hill actually. Geno Smith was just a fun career to watch. He 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 might be one of the most interesting players in. I mean, it's knocked out by his teammate. Especially if you're in this area, going from the Jets to from his rise to grace to his Ryan, rise. That's a very loose term. Rise well, to grace. 2013 was a very good year for Geno Smith, even though he was only eight and eight. He had he had a really good year for a rookie that year. Every and dog he, has its day. Yeah, dead clock is right tw- twice a day. Exactly. And then, and then he has a very bad year in 2014. Then he gets knocked out by I K N M Kapali. Then he and then more or less which, becomes a joke. Yeah, and then he comes to the no, then then he plays another year with the Jets, and he plays for about a half. And I remember this game, he got knocked down by I think it was Terrell Suggs, and blew out an ACL, and he was done with the Jets. And then he went to the Giants, and he is the one to break Eli Manning's starting streak. He a very interesting uh, career, Gino Smith. Ben McAdoo, <laughs> I don't know what he was trying to do there. I mean. Well, personally, my, my conspiracy theory of the day is that the Maros wanted to get rid of McAdoo, so they just kind of used that as more or less an excuse yeah, to get rid of Yeah, because you him. don't make that move if the Maros don't sign off on it. Like, exactly. I, 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 I mean, the Tishes, the Tishes, I like the... I, the Tishes are They weren't involved. They're, they're, the Tishes, I think, are... I prefer the Tishes to the Maros. That's really? my, my personal preference in the House of Giants um, I think the, review. The Maros are some of the premier owners in all of... Sports, I would say. But the Maros aren't like the 
I don't know. Like, the Tishes seem more I, I would classy. Say, I would say the Mariners are up there with the Steinbergs. Yeah, definitely. But the Tishes seem a bit more Well, the Yankees, classy. by the way, for for the soccer but, people who Jay has attracted to this. Which, I mean, we, we will get to you. Jay's well, corner of soccer talk is going to become a new... Uh, <laughs> I doubt they're paying attention at this one. Like this is probably the part where they kind of fast forward through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At, at any rate, at any rate, my point is, the Maras are more of a generational thing rather than like they're they're good owners now. They're they're really only known because they've been around for so long. It's well, like that, a three generation thing. I don't think that's just experience. You have to have the experience in order to know what you do. I personally think Mara comes off as a bit like he's a bit I don't know self confident almost like. He knows what he's doing, yeah. and, like, Chiss seems a bit more down-to-earth, a bit more humble. I like Tish better. That's my personal preference. Yeah. That's probably me also being salty over Coughlin a little bit, and how Tish was apparently on board for Coughlin to stay and give him another chance, and Mara was yeah, the one who yeah, wanted him out. Well, so, I, you know... Coughlin, Coughlin, by all means, is a great coach, but you you had to have seen the writing on the wall for the past couple of years since that Super Bowl they hadn't made the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, I think the problem is that year, like you could look at the record and it was terrible. Yeah, no lie. But look at all, look at what happened to make that record happen. Tom Coughlin is seventy. Tom Coughlin, ha- I, I think that's not stopping him in Jacksonville though. But he's not standing on the sidelines for every game. Have he's, you seen those pictures of him in the boxes? He is very much. Yeah, he's living it up in the boxes. I was in, I was in Pittsburgh for that uh, big game. Cheese. He was out on the field in that twenty in the oh, ten degree yeah. weather, no face mask, no nothing. He is wearing a windbreaker. And khakis, and he's out on the field like warming up with the players. That man is a man of steel. Well, but I, I don't know if Tom Coughlin can do that sixteen. He's clearly twenty games a year. He's clearly immune to frostbite after that one 2017 Green Bay. <laughs> he is now immune to it. Yeah, but back what we were getting to the the Jets training up to up up with the Colts. Uh, uh, you don't make that move if you're not looking for a quarterback. It's gonna be either it's gonna be either Allen Mayfield or uh, Rosen if he doesn't if he doesn't go to the Giants it's gonna be Josh Rosen. What is this? Oh, th- th- that's this game. Yeah, look, Google this. Tom Coughlin frostbite Green Bay. Yeah, this is put on the face mask, Tom. That's bad. <laughs> yes, but <laughs> I mean, as as the, as he quits in the, Super, in the Super Bowl next week, last year it was my head. Last year it was my brain, this year it's my face. And I'll tell you what, I'd rather have the face over the head. <laughs> so, I think, yeah, I mean, I'd rather have people be worried about how red my face is over how red my brain is, so. Yeah. But uh, if, if Josh Rosen doesn't go to the Giants, he'll be a New York Jet, and you, you can take that for the bank. So, but, I, I don't know if, it's be, because this puts the Browns into a hole. If you know that there's a quarterback that, that you want, you can't take Saquon Barkley. And I think mm-hmm. that if, if Saquon Barkley falls to the Giants, the Giants will take Saquon Barkley. And the fans will riot if they don't. Well, A, because they, they don't want to get rid of Eli. And I, I think Eli has a couple of productive, productive years. I think he has one more productive year. And then... Eli's a product of his environment. Like, when he had, like, a... And it, the thing is about Eli, it seems like he performs his best when it's not, the like, the counted stars. When he has, like... The Steve Smiths and the David Tyrese before David Tyrese, like before their hype. Like, I feel like Eli's almost at his best when he's playing with the no names that no one's ever heard of. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like when he gets like Victor Cruz. When Victor Cruz is that no name um, undrafted rookie out of UMass in uh, 2011, he becomes a star. 
Then in comes the star, and, like, not he declined, not Eli declined. It's just not as, I don't know, heroic, maybe? Like, Eli seems to be, like, slated for being a bad quarter, slated for being an average quarterback when he has the good receivers around him, and then lauded for being an average quarterback when he has the average receivers around him. So, they can't really make up their mind. Do you like that he's an average quarterback because he has average receivers, or do you hate that he's an average quarterback when he has good receivers? Eli's just a goober. <laughs> Eli is just Eli, a fun man to listen Eli, to. Eli, yeah. but if it, I, I would be disappointed if Eli left New York because a good guy in sports. Through all the turmoil with New York quarterbacks, there's always been that one constant. That one constant. Eli's <laughs> always been. I think there's a perfect. That's a perfect word to describe Eli. A constant. But think about this. Now that there's one constant leaving, one more, a new constant will be coming to New York. And Which will be the invitable future of Josh Rosen on the New York Giants. No, it won't. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about that, that later, what the Giants are going to do with the pick. But right now, you put the Browns into a hole because now they have to take Darnold. And I think the Giants could take Barkley, but you, I don't know if running back is that much of a position to need, but a game it's changer. Not that much of a position. Did you see our rushing game last year? Well, their rushing game is bad. And... and they can win a Super Bowl when they have Ahmad Bradshaw and Brandon Jacobs. We also had Tom Cotton in the long. <laughs> all right. All right. That's all right. I'll settle yeah, down there. Yeah. But we also had a superb <coughs> defense. Like, the pass rushing was one of the best we had, like, in this last decade that year. We had JPP as prime, Justin Tuck going for one more. Um, I'm trying to think of who else is there. Like, everyone was... Firing on all cylinders in that defensive line. All right, all right stop. We had Chase Blackburn too stepping much up that game. Too much Jets. Okay, my board is, if he gets there, Rosen's the pick, if you're the Jets. After that, I put Mayfield before Allen, because Mayfield's a perennial winner, and he seems like he has that team attitude. He has that New York attitude, that oh, swagger. Yeah, by the, th- th- that's not just, I, I, I just want to see Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield and the Jets is a match made in heaven. Or hell. It's either yeah. going to be one of the two. Either his his attitude becomes he gets too big for his boots and he becomes a laughing stock because he's this big, brash, cocky personality but that I, failed massively in New York. Or he's the next Joe Maymouth out, out here calling these bold predictions and then going out and backing it up. But I don't think that he's – I don't think that he would get that too big for his boots thing because <laughs> if you watched a lot of him with Oklahoma, it wasn't Johnny Manziel, money, and you know, all this stuff. He literally he, he grabbed was, his scrotum that, to celebrate for some other team. Matter. That's not all about him. He was all boomer sooner all day. That that was all him. He was. I I never heard once Johnny Manziel say Aggie anything. That's true, but I mean, I also feel that last game against Georgia was a bit of a well, more than a bit of a slip fault. up, was, a bit of a slip up by the coaches. How do you have the Heisman winner and not throw a pass? Okay, yeah, he'll he'll have Todd Bowles running his offense next year. That's, yeah, but the board is. Darnold, Rose, Darnold's not going to make it to your pick. Then it's going to be Rosen. Then it's going to be – it should be Mayfield. And then it should be Allen. So that's that. Uh, Jason Pierre-Paul, long time, Mr. Four Fingers. Please don't listen. It's Jason Pierre-Paul. Uh, <laughs> um, so does that mean Bradley Chubb is on the board at number two? No, 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 no. Really? We are taking Saquon. There's nothing anyone can do about it. I mean, I'm a bit biased because I'm Penn State. I like that. I I, I like that Saquon's from Penn State, so you know that's my bias. 
But also, I feel like running back, the running game is just a dimension that the Giants have perpetually, like, it's, either the O-line is good and the running game is terrible, or the running game is good and the O-line is terrible and it just never complements each other. But with the signing of uh, some, what's, who did we get an offensive line? Uh, Nate Soldier. Nate Soldier. As well as a good running back, I really think that could be, like, the post, like, I don't know. The Giants either have, like, a flash in the pans, right, or it looks like we have a running game that's finally brilliant. Like with the whole David Wilson, on uh, what was that, like 2012 that he was around and had that one year of just, he was absolutely insane with running back kicks and then uh, he broke his, he <laughs> broke his back doing a flip. Oh. <laughs> David, David Wilson was good too. Like, <laughs> same old Giants. Shut up, you've won two Super Bowls, you've been to a Super Bowl. You, that is true. <laughs> you, you have nothing to complain about. Okay. But it is the most giant thing ever that you have. If you had to get an injury, it wouldn't be because it's one of the most. No, that would be the most your player, thing. Your that player is most... doing a backflip. The, the Giants end. are a proud franchise. I don't know what you're complaining about just because they went two and fourteen when you and now are probably about to take Josh Rosen. They're probably, they're about to be good for the next fifteen to twenty years again. Hey, and you I'm, never know. You never know, right? But people thought the Jets were going to be the powerhouse in nineteen sixty-seven, not the Giants. So maybe this will be the start of the Jets error and not the Giants error. Yeah, all right. Well, let's let's we've been a lot in New York. This has been a pro New York podcast for the past 10, 20 minutes. So let's let's talk about Tampa Bay. Uh, Jason Pierre is a sad there chapter of the podcast history. Yeah, we're we're talking about the Tampa, <laughs> we're talking about Tampa Bay. Uh, Jason Pierre-Paul now going there with uh Gerald McCoy and Robert Ayers, I think. As my uncle calls it, the claw. The claw, Rob. Yeah, <laughs> the, the Q-tip off. No, everyone, everyone has their uh, little, their little. Uh, their but yeah, not, not we got <laughs> Henny Jr. Uh, untucked Kyrie, Claw, Jason Pierre-Paul. Nothing against Jason. I, I like Jason Pierre-Paul better when he had the big bandage and he could just put up his hand and block the ball. Yeah, I remember <laughs> that game against the Jets in 2015. He took, he literally had his arm. It looked like a Q-tip, and he was like Deacon Jones wrapping around. Uh, I was just waiting for him to come around the edge and just hit someone over the head with that thing <laughs> to knock him out. But, alas, that his time in the Giants uniform is over and I won't get to see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and that's all for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers here. And that closes that chapter of enjoyment for the Buccaneers. <laughs> Alright, so let's talk a little bit about March Madness. Well, we, we just what the fuck? Villanova, West Virginia just yeah. ended. It's a family-friendly yeah. podcast. Villanova, West Virginia just ended. Who who you think won? It was Villanova. And it, this has been actually really crazy. We planned a we planned an episode to do. If, if we look at my bracket in the episode of time, we can if, see that I correctly predicted that Loyola Chicago would be a team. Oh yeah, of, I, I I had Loyola Chicago over. Unfortunately, everybody had Loyola <laughs> Chicago over Miami, but it was like I had them in the Sweet Sixteen, so you know. Oh well. Good, good oh, a nice, a nice little feather in my cap there. Well, Actually. but Virginia lost first round, first time we ever saw it. Xavier lost second round to uh, Ghana, Florida State, and the Jesuit teams are not having a good out. Villanova's doing well, Kansas is doing well. Uh, we saw what did we see? We saw UNC in the second round to Texas A&M, who just got third, who just got the murdered by Michigan. Who uh, three seed Tennessee? Three three seed Tennessee lost to Loyola, of course. Cincinnati lost to Nevada, which I. I what is the South region? 
I had at this them, point. I had them losing, and, and Arizona, of course, to Buffalo. Uh, which is so many upsets. Let's just do a quick recap and, of the one. By the way, by the way, Seton Hall finally won a tournament game. Yeah, we did it, boys. Yeah, I, they, and they should have beat Kansas too, but <sighs> alas, don't ask for too much <laughs> now. Delgado, Carrington, Rodriguez. It, it's not going to be a fun chapter. And we get to look forward to Mamu. We get to look at Aaron Gordon, who I helped recruit here. No, you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Sending one uh, tweet and having him so like it. We, we're we're going to see a year where either uh, Kansas State or Loyola Chicago makes the Final Four. The good boys. The, the South Carolina. Well, they, they lost somebody. Um, uh, <laughs> upset watch, I had... I had Virginia as a contender. Oh, I had Florida State winning. <laughs> oops. And, I had Butler over Purdue, which almost happened, and Houston over Michigan, which also almost happened. I had Texas over Cincinnati. I had Cincinnati did lose in the second round, and I had uh, I I feel like New Mexico State was popular. So what is the South region at this point? Yeah, it was. <laughs> Everyone, well, one seed's eliminated, two seeds eliminated, three seeds. Everyone's eliminated. It's just it's just the nine and the eleven, the eleven and the nine. <laughs> can jet fuel mount steel stop, brackets? Stop. Find we're, out. We're, stop it. <laughs> Find out on the next episode. This is, this is a family friendly <laughs> show. What? Uh, uh, yeah, that. How much? It's just been a lot of really good games. Even in the games where the, the upset team doesn't win, it's, it's been it's been a lot of really good games. I got a lot of enjoyment after seeing Seth Davis put Sharpie for Virginia on tip off, and then Virginia got played off the. Now, uh, start first thing of uh. Soccer corner with Jay, I guess. Uh, I mean, nothing, nothing has happened. Tough this bit out. No, nothing of no. note has happened. No. Nothing at all. Not really. You brought a lot of soccer people over here. Do you, are, are you sure you don't want to tell them? Fine. Lads, it's Tottenham. Well, that, that's all I'm saying. Okay. Tottenham okay. is bad. Well, baseball season starts six days. Yeah. Chris Sale going to be another 20-game winner. When the World Cup comes, we can start firing on all cylinders with the soul soccer team. Sure, you can. Um, USA. Oh, we forgot about the Honey Badger. Yeah, he went to Houston. I don't know why he could have came. Yeah, that happened. Yeah, I don't know why Houston, but... Um, We forgot Kirk Cousins, too. Yeah, we we forgot a lot of stuff, but Kirk Cousins is... You could have had it all, Kirk Cousins. I'm surprised you didn't with the Jaguars and your loser. They lost a lot of players. Yeah. I I, I mean, I, what I are we expecting from Blade Portals now? Because <laughs> he has that many receivers. I, I didn't think that sounded too well, but whatever. Uh, We're done. Yeah. Happy St. Patrick's Day. And we leave you with this. James McLean, he hates the queen. Oh, you do, Q music. We should have another episode. From the moment you was dancing in the party, pushing out on me, giving everything, you're giving everything tonight. And if you thought you could get away from me and get away from me, girl, just take your time. You're coming on with me tonight, girl. I got a question for you. Can I get an answer? Cause I'm dangerous That boom boom something like angel dust 
Girl, let me hold ya Put me thing all around ya Make me feel like I own ya Kill it, boom, like a warrior Hit the bomb like Girl, I got a question for Can I get an answer? Yeah, yeah Taste of water. There's gates and stuff to stick it out in this room for half the town. Bottles of the water if you want to wash it down. And if you're Irish, you're sure of a welcome. There's a Julian at Hannigan's house tonight. Oh, my name is Mac Hamara, I'm the leader of the band. Although we're peeling up the toes, the finest in the land. We pay a match of winnings points to every fancy hall. And when we play for funerals, we play a match of song All the rocks go bang, the simple clang, and the harness played away Be happy with the old bazoom, while Ireland's pipes to play Yes, it's very simple, so good, the music is something grand For credit to all Ireland, me back the Maris band Me on the pier and greet me with a smile. 
That makes the show I almost forgot for I've been so long away Me mother will introduce them all And this to me she'll say Shake out your dear Uncle Mike, me boy And here's your sister Kate There's a girl who used to swing down by the garden gate Shake hands with all the neighbors Kiss the cuttings all You're welcome as the flowers are made Your dear old Dunny Gall <laughs> 